Social anxiety syndrome, better known as imposter syndrome, is a real thing. It comes in many guises and can be relentless in blindsiding people. And you'd be surprised by who it affects. I'm Nick Ede, and in this series, I'm speaking to some of the most successful and talented people in the public eye who suffer from what I call imposter syndrome. What I've learned through my work as a coach now is that when we have that feeling of feeling like an imposter, it's often because we, we sort of feel insecure. That's Camilla Dallarat, a Danish life coach, best known for being a professional dancer on Strictly Come Dancing and a judge on the New Zealand version of Dancing with the Stars. As a life coach, literally giving advice to other people for a living, you'd think she'd be the last person who lacks confidence. So I'm here with Camilla. Camilla and I have known each other for a long, 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 long time. We've <laughs> been our ages, are we, Camilla? But we've known yeah. each other for ages. And you are at the moment in lockdown in Los Angeles. So it's the perfect time to chat to you a little bit yeah. about you, what you've been up to. And also, really, what this is about is sort of imposter syndrome because it's very, very interesting. And I think, you know, someone like yourself who, as I have done loads of research, you know, you started as a dancer from the age of 12 and competing mm. and you know when you start into a competition at that age did you ever feel nervous or did that kind of break that to nerves yeah so actually I mean I, I actually danced my entire life from uh, from when I was two and a half so oh, wow. 12 okay. years old, yeah 12 years old was when it became serious and we became yeah. sort of champions but um, but you know when you say of course there were many times I was nervous and I think what I've learned through my work as a coach now is that when we have that feeling of feeling like an imposter is often because we, we sort of feel insecure about ourselves or even we doubt our sort of self-worth or confidence and we sort of presume that other people know more than we do and, and yeah. in those moments it can feel really scary almost like gosh I don't even know anything when we're sort of feeling scared about walking on stage or scared about speaking in front of people or we can see somebody in the audience that's pulling a face and you think oh maybe I shouldn't be here maybe I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> um, you know what I mean I think we've all found ourselves in situations like that in life and talking about dancing Nick, there's one specific one that really comes to mind for me where yeah. um, we were really at the height of our game in in as a dancers it took us all around the world and we had been invited to dance for Prince Mikasa in Japan which was a okay. huge honor and only sort of the top six couples in the world had been invited in the ballroom and Latin dance field however we were sort of outside of that we were probably between sort of eight to twelve you know in the semi-final in the world and so I remember arriving already feeling super nervous um, How and you old sort of think, at the time? Um, I was in my late 20s okay. and I remember this, this world champion that I'd looked up to for years just passing me in the hallway and kind of looking at me and going, oh, what are you doing here? Because he thought, <laughs> no, we'd been invited. And in that moment, I definitely felt that moment of, I'm an imposter. <laughs> what am I doing here? Because that's the weird thing. I, I find it so interesting because, you know, I've had that in my career as well. I, you know, as you know, I was a like you, you know, I was a judge on Project Runway and I found, you yeah. know, people actually would turn around to me and say, oh, so why, why are you here? And you're like, I'm on the show. And you kind of feel so, you feel embarrassed. Then you kind yeah. of think, oh, am I good enough? Then yeah. you try and work out how to assert yourself. But I, I mean, yeah. that for me is the funny thing is assertion because I don't, I, I kind of crumble, to be honest, when I'm kind of 
I get that sort of imposter syndrome and I think you've got to overcome it and I don't know how you overcome it how did how did you overcome that sort of feeling so the interesting thing in the beginning I I faked it to be honest because I didn't actually have the self-confidence and and that kind of my my worthiness within and the feeling of being good enough in all situations wasn't all there so I sort of just put on a brave face and inside I was crumbling like you said I felt awful and I sort of thought maybe I shouldn't be here but then through my life um, teaching uh, you know being a life coach and writing about these uh, different situations and challenges and also through hypnosis I've realized that one of the most important things that we all I believe at some point go through is working with the feeling of being enough truly knowing whatever you are doing you are enough within when we really that's i call that like the foundation of our houses like of our beings you know when we know that we are if somebody says oh what are you doing here you can just be like well i I was invited and know within that you were there for a reason for your wisdom for your uniqueness for whatever it was we were there at that dance event specifically because they loved the way we we stopped we were storytelling and showing emotions through our dance so i knew deep down why we were there but once I build up that feeling of feeling enough, no matter if somebody, and this is important too, when we put any work out into the world, whether that's books for me or whatever, you know, all, all your events and all the stuff you do for your clients, and we create these concepts for people, whatever business, it is nice to know that, hey, I've done my best and I know whether you like or don't like my work, I'm enough. As a person, yeah. I'm enough. That's huge in life. But, but as an affirmation, which is an amazing affirmation, that's quite a lot to to uh, get over because you know for instance I know a lot of people who constantly think they're not enough so how Mm -hmm. do you flip that switch and make them turn around and go actually it is enough and 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 I love what you just said like if you if it's not if the client doesn't like it then that's their problem not yours but how do you kind of change that way in your brain how do you do that you should you've obviously done it a lot with people Yes, this is one of the most common ones that I I would say any client I work with at some point, we will do hypnosis for being enough. But the reason why I use something like hypnosis and meditation and positive affirmations like I am enough is actually because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but um, 95% of the time our life is run by our subconscious mind. That's a crazy amount of time. So that means the patterns which are subconsciously. Can you imagine? 95%. So that means we just throw up, you know, the the patterns that are there in our subconscious. So if that's an old pattern from earlier in our life, um, you know, for me, it was being bullied and and just Mm -hmm. feeling like uncomfortable in that situation. And so for me, that that could make me feel not enough. And so for for other clients, it's other things. But whatever it is, when we can dive into um, these patterns in the subconscious and kind of change them and mold them to something that works better in our life now we can find ourselves in situations where we can now say you know what it's okay that you don't like me I know I'm enough and I'm willing to work on this project by the way I'm, I'm willing to change things here but I know that it's not a personal attack does that make sense mm-hmm. it's not like loaded with this energetic charge of oh my goodness like I'm I'm not enough and this is I, I think most people are, are challenged by the way scrolling through social media I say this all the time is the first thing that can make anybody no matter how strong feel not enough I mean the comparison that everybody does on there isn't it's, it you know it can easily make you feel like that yeah I think 
you know, constantly when you look through and you scroll through, scroll through, you you always feel insecure or someone if they look at fitness models and you think, God, I wish I had a six pack one of these days. And you're, you know, you always aspire to it, but you never get to it. So you do feel that insecurity. But how about like when you were doing things like Strictly? Like I, I you know, I've, I I know what it's like to be on television when you don't know whether you're going to be working the next week because whether you're a flavor of the month of the week you know when you're on a show like that or whether you're on other other shows how there must be an insecurity knowing are you going to be on next season did that kind of was that quite difficult to deal with I mean, I guess in the beginning more so because I I spent about three years turning myself inside out and literally looking at every aspect of my own inner being and my life and and really uh, working on this concept of feeling enough in whatever feeling enough whether I was chosen for the show or not chosen because I used to think that dancing and 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 doing a show like that was my identity it was who I was and so Mm. now in my life I know that the jobs I do I love what I do now I absolutely love it I would do this for the rest of my life you know even if Mm. it was for charity I absolutely love it Um, but I know that no matter what I do as a job, I know who I am and nothing can change that, whether I get that gig or not. And I just, I trust that. But back in the day, I think there was a a point of putting validation outside of myself. And when you put validation outside of yourself and you are asking other people to tell you whether you're enough, that's rather dangerous, especially in relationships. Because if you, Mm. you, in the moments you are loved by somebody, you're feeling enough they can also go and take that away when they don't love you anymore. So yeah. that's why I wrote about, right? Being loved, being worthy and being enough within in, in my in my book, It's Not You, It's Me, because it's so important to find that within. For me, when I found that within myself, that would, that changed everything in my life. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what's so great about you. You've actually channeled all those emotions and you put them into your books. And I think that mm-hmm. is the best way forward for you because and then other people can read it relate to you but what are you surprised by the people who actually come and see you you probably think they they're going to be full of confidence and so you're on it and then suddenly you you see a different side to them don't you yes I work with movie stars I work with you know accountants lawyers like I work with a whole array of people and people that have to seemingly outwardly look like hey I've got it all together and this is why I say this all the time we are not all that different. I think the world is showing us that right now. We're quite the same, aren't we? We all go through, no matter the amount of money, we go through feelings of fear and anger and sadness and grief and hurt, whether that's through heartache or jobs or whatever it is. And, you know, all of us just wants to feel peace and joy really within that's and and feel that we are enough, that we are doing enough. And so I, I really do think, that, and, and I like to share that, whatever you see on social media, whatever it looks like a person's life is all together, know that they're probably going through something um, as well. If not now, they have done or they will be because, you know, just as you think everything is okay, you know, you and I know this. Last year I lost my dad and, and grief yeah. just came and slapped me in the face in a moment where I felt, hey, I really love my life. And then it was like, wow, hello, grief. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that's yeah. quite interesting you're talking about grief because I found with grief not uh, very much more with my mum because I was 23 when that happened mm-hmm. but I almost felt like I, I not an imposter syndrome but it was in some ways because I didn't know whether it was right for me to be grieving as long as I did mm-hmm. and I didn't and there sometimes I would watch television and I'd laugh mm-hmm. 
And then mm. the little devil, or as you just said, the subconscious in me was like, you should feel guilty for laughing. You should be grieving still. And that mm. is such a weird emotion to feel. And that's kind of imposter syndrome in a weird way. Or it's, yeah, it can affect you, can't it? Totally. And I've worked with people who've lost their partners, you know, um, also younger partners yeah. in life and and they they go through that exactly the thing you're saying where they're like am I supposed to ever feel joy again because this is so the pain is so deep but then there might be moments where they want to laugh and they're like am I do I even deserve this like am I yeah why why am I still here like all of the guilt and all of that comes out so I totally understand what you're saying and, and and but I also think as a society right now in this whole lockdown I think we're going through grief on a collective as well we're, we're grieving That's what sad. was but in a in a kind of interesting way, because I think there's glimpse of hope here too, of a of a new way of interacting and being there for each other, seeing each other, hearing, because we are now relying on our friends and networks and communities and, and, and there's an appreciation for each other in a new way. A hundred percent. I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, as you know, we always talk about is kindness. And I mm. think what's re what we realize is that we're actually becoming a much, we are as a world, hopefully we're going to become kinder because we're looking you know I live in a block of flats I've never met mm. any of my neighbors Camilla I've lived here for four years <laughs> I've not met a single one of them and now wow. I've met every single one of them and we communicate we have a Facebook group and we're making sure that everyone's okay and it's like it takes this a lockdown yeah. to actually know that the neighbor next door has got an extra has got had a mask and so they gave us a mask, you know what I mean? And they've got some, like you've just said to me, your neighbour's got some toilet roll because you can't get some till two weeks away, you know? And it's, it's, it's so those simple things. It just changes yeah. everything. Yeah. It, re it really, it, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating um, concept of what's happening. So many layers to what's happening right now. And I, t I talk about that with clients actually of layers in things because when we are met with a challenge, you know, whether it's a breakup or we lose our job or people lose their companies, whatever seriousness it is, you know, there's always layers of, of this, of the challenge of what's beneath it. What is the underlying kind of lessons and learnings that we can take from anything like that? Because there is always something that we will take away from it, you know, especially when it's been painful. And by the way, I just want to share this too, because human beings, by the way, learn more easily through pain. And that really is an annoying concept, right? Because yeah. we would much rather through joy. But right now we're in a collective pain. And that yeah. says to me that we will all learn something here. Yeah, but you know, I, you know, I've always, again, I've always been an advocate in a weird way of that. And everybody says to me, why, like, am I like I am? And I'm like, because, you know, I, 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 I knew what real pain was very, from an early age. And so it, it's like a benchmark and it means that you can really look at everything. Well, that's not painful. That can be dealt with. You can kind of, I mean, in, I'm not, I know it's not a blessing, but as you said, it's something that actually can be so powerful because it allows yeah. you to really understand what's real bad things yeah. and what's actually kind yeah. of fake created by the environment we're in, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. It's, and you it's know what, Nick, I just want to, what's come to me too is just when you were talking about kindness, because I honestly truly believe that the reason why we've been friends for so, so many years and, and connected <laughs> in lots of different ways is kindness yeah. because you, you are, you are very generous with your energy and that is oh. a very charming um asset to have and not you never expect anything back you are just so 
so kind um, with your energy and, and your knowledge and wisdom. And, and I just think that that also oh. is something that always comes back to people, you know? Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's lovely. I, and I can't take compliments. So if I don't sound like I took it, I have taken it, really. <laughs> I, teach people, I teach people that in my practice, too. You just say thank you. <laughs> I know. It's, do you know what? Sometimes my husband turns around to me and says, I, you know, you look great today. And I actually am like, why? <laughs> I'm like, like, like I've, been, I've been accused of something. You're like, spell it out. <laughs> rather than say, thank you, that's lovely. I think that something's happened. Or Can I just... tell you something about that then? Because yeah. family member of mine was very bad at receiving gifts or compliments like that. And they would sort of yeah. brush over it. And then I read in, an, in a, I can't remember if it was an article or a book somewhere, and it was so beautiful. And it said, and I told this person this, and after that, a lot changed. And I just went, remember when somebody gives you a gift, whether that's in form of words or, um, you know, an actual gift, it's because they really want to. If you kind of don't receive that with a kind of openness, you're stopping them from having this beautiful sensation of giving you that gift. Yeah. You see that's what I'm so saying? That's so true. Okay, so I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you from now He's on. You're going to be like, oh, receive and just be like, thank you, because they wanted to open that flow of energy to you out yeah. of love. Rather and than shut it down, which can be quite negative. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm you're not a negative you. guy. You're I'm not negative at all. But I do want to, I want to ask you this, because I've actually, I went, this is a, ages ago, but I, went, I, I could have had a big break in America and I was working on a TV show and I went in and I, did the pilot and to be honest my imposter syndrome was so bad that it 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 lost it lost me in my job and in many, in many ways you know it is what it is but I just I actually physically and mentally did not think I belonged there so anybody that's listening to that to this that has been in a situation or has been has has got to that level of feeling that you don't belong but you and not having that confidence how do you how do you circumnavigate that how do you get over that Camilla Firstly, Nick, if that ever happens again, please call me before you go for the interview. I'll help you. <laughs> I <will. laughs> okay, please. I, I have been there so many times with, with clients. I've also been there myself. I remember yeah. how that feels. And it's actually when we give too much power to, to something. Because, when, okay. like I said, when we give our power away and we kind of put that job or the, that person on a pedestal, almost like feeling like, oh, my, oh my goodness, would they want me, right? Yeah. Rather going in there from a place of sharing my knowledge if this is meant for me it's meant for me and again it starts with building up within in your subconscious whether that's saying positive affirmations every day i am enough i got this i'm confident doing it in meditation um so you can access these patterns in hypnosis reframing i mentioned that in my book literally building up your own self-worth because when you go in with your self-worth knowing that you have on a skill level, what it takes on a kind of logical level. You see many yeah. people logically, you would have said the same, I, I can do this, Camilla. Like, I know how to do this. But your subconscious, you see, got in the way and went, well, can you really? Yeah. And this is what I learned from sports. And this is why I fell in love with mind tools and visualization. Because in sports, a, a little voice like that, well, do you really think you have what it takes today, could lose you the competition. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I just of matching my subconscious with my conscience and I, I conscious and I help my clients build that up and pull that up all the time and you have to work with your mind because the mind wants to go to the negative by the way five times over uh, positive they say so we have a, something called a negativity bias in the brain so it wants to go to the negative if we don't work with the mind and kind of go to the mind gym and train it to stay on this path of, of, of supporting yourself and yeah. so so that's a very 
common feeling what you talk about there and it's really important to work with the self-worth and confidence and you and really trust and rely on your your wisdom so that you go in there saying this is why I will work for this job this is why I'll be great for this job but kind of detached from the outcome not like please 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 will you have me please please yeah. book me like this is what I can offer and almost think that it's a, it's a win for them too it's it's sort yeah. of how you frame it totally and I think you know, you suddenly realize that actually you can achieve lots of things and you can actually do it. Like, you know, with you especially, not only you're now a judge on the New Zealand Dancing with the Stars and you're also an amazing life coach. How do you manage both things? Because one's very much public centered and in, in, in the, everybody knows who you are and you're a celebrity over there. And then you have stuff where you have to listen to everybody else. How have you managed to sort of balance the two? Meditation. <laughs> That's how I, that's yeah. I, I I had actually somebody call me the other day. She said, I don't think meditation is working for me. I said, listen, when you have moments like that, you need to meditate three times as much. <laughs> um, I love that. Um, I think that it's, I think that by the time I got back to Dancing with the Stars three years ago in New Zealand, I felt like I knew exactly who I was and what I stand for. I know what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. This all is why I wrote the book is not use me because I think when we know that we, we can navigate through most things in life when we really know who we are and what is okay and what is not. There are lots of things that I say no to because they're simply not aligned with my values and beliefs in life. And I don't yeah. care what the contract or the money is. If something feels to me like it'll be selling my soul, I will not do it. I need to go to bed with myself every night and know that I'm happy with my decisions and who I live with, i.e. myself, right? I do live with my husband too, but you know what I'm saying. This relationship <laughs> yeah, exactly. is, the, is important because I am at the end of the day walking through life, you know, with me. So yeah, of course. I think knowing ourselves and knowing what we're willing to do and not to do and, and to be, to, honestly, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I'm not going to lie about that. I really am. So yeah. when change business and you go from being an expert in one area to start over again there were many times when I first started out as a life coach where I would doubt myself in the beginning and think gosh there's so I mean when you study the mind this is never yeah. going to end this is an endless study you know but I thought gosh when will I be ready to actually put myself out there and then I realized that it's important to teach the things that you do know because you, your audience will grow with you and evolve as you grow as well. And the more you talk about things and you work with people, the more you're building that knowledge. And obviously now I've been doing it since 2009. But mm. I'm, I'm the first one to say I am a teacher one day and a student the next. I will never stop learning because the day yeah. I stop learning, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I, and that's it. So if I feel like there's something I don't know, I don't feel like if somebody says, hey, Camilla, have you heard of that? I go, no, but that sounds interesting. And I immediately look into it, order a book, study it, learn about it. Like I said, there are so many avenues to, to the mind. It, 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 many, many, I have added so many different um, strings to my bow since I started this uh, business, but there are cores, of course, core systems that I use all of the time, but I'm constantly adding other things, crystals, chakras. I never thought I'd be talking about these things since I moved to LA. There was a huge part of my business too, you know. But that's great. Your, and your crystals that you get, got us for our wedding, we still have them on hey. our table. I look at them every day. And also a crystal <laughs> that I had, I got from your launch of your wonderful <laughs> book. I've got that. I put that in my bag. So every good. day I feel like I've got a bit of healing and it's beautiful rose of color. And it's just good. stunning. And it's funny because I had, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't, 
I've never I've been given it in the past and I've never mm. really taken anything from it. But because I know you <laughs> and I know what your purity and what your energy is, yeah. having it from you makes me go, OK, this must mean something. So that's it. That I find that really interesting. But it does. No, honestly, that's how I, I love see it. that. I think <laughs> you have the rose quartz, right? So you can put yes, your hand on it right. if you ever need a bit of love. Yeah. And you can put it on the full moon. That's very LA woo woo. You can put oh, it on I the full that. moon. I love that. I love a bit of LA woo woo. <laughs> story, that's the story of my life, LA woo woo. Actually, that should be my book. <laughs> see, listen, oh, my goodness. This, I love this, that title. LA woo woo. I know. I love that. That could be a, an autobiography. But the thing is, I think what you're just saying about, um, about this time at the moment when everybody's in isolation it's quite interesting because we're all being quite introverted and actually you know it takes it's allowing us many people who are so busy to actually take some time to think about themselves and who they are and that can actually be quite frightening for a lot of people yes. how do you how would you recommend people sort of does what should they do daily just to sort of start thinking about themselves a bit more but not in a too fuller on a way yeah I would say please 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 be gentle with yourself please do not go at the pace of anybody else self-reflection and when we go within and we start looking at things it is like tidying our entire house right some people yeah. throw it all out in the middle of the, take their wardrobe, all the clothes out in the middle and make a mess and it looks like that for three months. Some never gets it tidy. Some take everything <laughs> out, puts everything back in. Do you know what I mean? Just, just really one little step at a time. If you need to lie on the couch for a week and that's your reflection, do that. Like, don't feel that there's a right and wrong because like I said, it's like going through a breakup or grief. We're going through a lot of emotions. There's been days where I felt like extremely sad because I've connected with, with clients that felt lonely and sad. I've connected with yeah. family that felt lonely and sad. And that one day, honestly, I dropped to the floor. I just laid for half an hour and I connected with my breath because all of that sadness collectively that day for me was too much. Felt too like much, my, my yeah. chest was going to explode, right? So everybody will go through feelings in a different way. And I remember, honestly, when I got into full on into meditation, probably well, gosh, I don't know, 10, no, 12, 15 years ago, maybe, when I had to sit for three minutes, Nick, that was scary to me. So I'm yeah. not going to sit here and be like, oh, just sit with yourself. It's just so easy because it's not easy in the beginning. It's freaking scary. There's mm. too, far too many thoughts in the beginning. So be gentle. Start with little, just little kind meditations. I'm going to post a seven-day meditation challenge on my Instagram that's just five minutes a day people can use, five, seven minutes. Do whatever you need for you. A hot bath, I've been doing lots of those. To, hot bath is a great way to relax, detox, and also um, uh, think about things. Read a book, whatever it is for you. Like There is no one way through these times of grief and hurt and pain and breakup, whatever it is for us. It's, it's just each individual. But it is helpful yeah. to journal, I will say that, to write things down, write down how you're feeling, see how that maybe changed day to day or how some things are the same or which, which, what is the underlying feeling that you're feeling? Is it anger? Are you angry? Are you sad? Is it, are you fearful? Like what is it that's underlying it? And start to kind of just observe. Awareness is the first step to healing anything. That is my first chapter of the of the last book, awareness. Become aware of how you are acting, what is coming up, and just be gentle with yourself. Really be That's gentle. True. I think, yeah, and I think you're right. Everybody now has to be gentle with themselves. So my final question to you is, because I'm asking everybody this question, because imposter is actually sometimes about being someone else. If you could be another person for a day, 
who would it be and why? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Another person for the day. I would like to be Oprah for the day. Okay, like why would that be? Oprah ever, because I love, I love, I love Oprah. She's inspired me for many, many years. I love the way she interacts and speaks to people, and I would love to know, being her for a day, if she ever feels that way too. Yeah, I wonder if she does. Can you imagine? She, I, I mean, she, it must be it must, that responsibility to be having so many people mm-hmm. listen to you. I mean, if you think about Oprah, we've. I mean, I used to watch Oprah with my mum, like after school. She's been in our lives forever. She's like a stable in our lives. And, you know, she said something beautiful online the other day. Somebody said to her, how are you feeling about sitting by, you know, on your own and being by yourself in this lockdown? And she was like, well, I I quite like it because I like sitting by myself. And now I can just sit without feeling guilty. (laughs) I love that. There you go. I thought that was quite a nice comment. (laughs) Seriously, no joke. I said that to my husband. (laughs) I said, I haven't actually, I said, he said to me, because we got, I, you know, I keep on getting up at like 6.30, I normally would do. He's like, Nick, you can sleep tonight today. If you want to stay in bed all day, just do it because your body might just want you to stay in bed. You can do it. This is weirdly, we've been given a bit of breathing space. So let's just use that breathing space for good. And did you? And did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe He's tomorrow. Mad. He's a good man saying that. It's true. He is a good man. He's wonderful. Thank you so much, Camilla. You're absolutely amazing. It's been great to have you on Imposter Syndrome. Love you. Bye. That's our show for today. I hope you liked it and found it both entertaining and enlightening. If you did, please subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. And while you're there, give us a five-star review just to make us feel we deserve it. Follow us on at PodPeopleUK, at Nick Eid, and at Camilla Dallarup. Imposter Syndrome was presented by me, Nick Eid, and produced by Mike Hansen for PodPeople Productions. Theme music by Mike as well. We'll be in your feed next Thursday. From Sister Rosetta Tharp, Lil Harding, Billie Holiday, and Bessie Smith. And she was talking about what what inspired her, and Bessie Smith was somebody that came up. To the lovely Nora Jones, Amy Winehouse, the brilliant stars from Tomorrow's Warriors. Women have always played a vital, but often overlooked role in the evolution and progression of blues and jazz. There's this amazing clarinetist based in New Orleans called Doreen Ketchins. I'm Colette Cooper, singer, actor, musician, and host of Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz, the new podcast from Pop People Productions. I'll be delving into the rich history of female artists, not just the vocalists, but the composers, the instrumentalists, and the band leaders too. What impact did they have? Well, I mean, where was their influence felt today? Not just with women, but also with men. Why were so, so many female instrumentalists and composers overshadowed for so long? Why? And would there ever be an Elvis without Sister Rosetta? I don't think so. 
I'll be talking to broadcasters and musicians like the gorgeous Huey Morgan, the gorgeous Tony Minville, and the gorgeous Soweto Kinch, writers and historians, and some of the sparkling talent rising up on the blues and jazz scene today, like the brilliant Sarah Tandy, the brilliant Sharice Adams Burnett. As soon as anyone name drops, I, I would like write down in my little notebook, and that was the, one of the first instances that it happened with Clueless. I'm like, okay, I like what I hear. Who the hell Billy Holiday is? The brilliant Camilla George, the brilliant Numbia Garcia, and loads, loads more. About Rosie Curtin, Hannah Boyer. I mean, they're just such a pleasure to work with and to know. That's Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz, with me, Colette Cooper, the new podcast from Pop People Productions, in aid of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity, which whom I'm a very proud ambassador for. So yes, it's coming soon to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favourite shows.